Hello, and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and welcoming again James Davis, Product Manager, Director, Passenger Transportation at National Interstate Insurance. So, James, welcome back to NSTA The Bus Stop. Thanks for having me back, Kurt. Appreciate the NSTA bus stop and everything uh, that it's providing from a value-add standpoint to the industry. Nope, appreciate that. Now, for anyone who's you know missed previous episodes of NSTA The Bus Stop with, with you, James, on board, can you tell the listeners a little bit about National Interstate Insurance? Sure, sure. So uh, National Interstate Insurance is, is one of the few uh, passenger transportation focused insurance carriers out there. Uh, we were founded back in 1989 based on writing policies for actually for school bus contractors uh, mm-hmm. when the, you know, the need arose. So, um, you know, we've since been acquired uh, by Great American, who was our 50 50 par- partner from the very beginning. But uh, we've, we've expanded in some other commercial transportation niches. We're very, uh, we, we really like our, our niches. You know, we do ambulances and trucks and heavy hauls and, and all, the, all this all this crazy stuff but if it's if it's big and heavy in a commercial fleet we, we, <laughs> we like it so that's kind of, that's kind of our space right now and and uh but we've, we've built this kind of incredible culture of when we have these segments you know we can really get to know them and and be the expert in them and and, and we obviously have a, a we've had a major commitment to the school bus industry since our founding so um you know we offer a wide range of products you know, really tailored to that space, whether it's our alternative risk programs or more of your traditional, you know, insurance policies uh, that look more like guaranteed costs at the end of the day. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for you, James, tell us a little bit about your role with National Interstate. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we kind of do all these sub segments, but, you know, the way that we're kind of structured is uh, we kind of have a team that's focused on, on each of these sub segments. So, uh, my primarily primary focus is spending time uh, and cultivating kind of the passenger transportation marketplace uh, and some of our our group and individual uh, uh, customer programs in in that space. So I spend the majority of my time on the kind of the the, the p and l side of of uh, making sure that you know we're right in the right business in the right places, working with the mm-hmm. right agents, all that good stuff uh, goes into kind of insurance. but uh, ultimately, also spending a lot of time, you know, interfacing with industry groups. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last time, you know, you were on the podcast and we've had, a, a, you know, discussion about this a couple times, but we talked about the insurance market and I think your all, your updates are always, you know, well received. What can you tell us about the current market that you're seeing? Yeah. So from, from an insurance marketplace standpoint, uh, you know, we often kind of see, you know, other markets come in and out of the, you know, in and out of the game, I would say. And, and uh, what we're starting to see now is a few more of those markets leaving than, than coming in. Uh, and, and what that really means is you're kind of starting to see a little bit of that um, continued hardening of the market. And what that means is uh, lower surplus uh, or, or availability to put insurance out. Uh, and in, in, in that case, it does drive kind of, you know, prices higher, right? So the primary, you know, area that a lot of contractors have a big cost associated to is this commercial auto space and um you know in this hardening market uh this pricing going up because of of the industry loft trends in the commercial space in, in general right so 
you know, when you really kind of break it down even further, you know, at the end of the day, insurance is it's kind of just a financing of the legal and accident environment. So when the accident environment's a little bit higher because there's some, some macro trends driving that, you know, there's also this, this continued uh, tough environment from a legal standpoint uh, to, to settle claims. There's a, the, there's a social, impa- uh, social inflation impact of, of people that get hit by a, a big fleet vehicle, you know, seem to believe that they won the lottery and, um, you know, really driving for these, these big rewards. So you have some nuclear settlements out there that are scaring people, but you also have kind of this, this middle ground of uh, these old claims that, uh, you know, used to be able to, you know, settle pretty easily for a couple thousand dollars or, or now, you know, in the tens of thousands, you know, range. So all that, it, you know, kind of goes into a math problem at the end of the day that, that kind of says, okay, if the loss trends are kind of elevating and the pricing needs to follow that, uh, you know, to, to pay for, you know, said environment. So, you know, and to put that in a context specifically to the commercial auto space, 2012 was the 12th consecutive year of industry losses in that commercial auto space. So think the big market of anybody that's using a unit for revenue and, and that could include trucking and, and other things, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, so not specific to the, the commercial, the, the school bus space, but, you know, and when an industry kind of loses, uh, you know, grabs a dollar premium, uh, you know, that, that a customer pays, uh, that means more than a dollar premium is going out the door to pay for losses. So, you know, at the end of the right. day, you know, you look at that and we got to find some sustainability in the space. So that's why you're seeing kind of that continued, continued hardening of the market. So um, that's kind of really what we're seeing in the commercial auto space. Um, you know, there's some softer markets out there. I'd say like workers' compensation, you know, that's usually another large cost. Uh, that's really, you know, really impacted more on a state by state level. But, you know, in that space, it's, you know, when unemployment's low, generally speaking, you know, those rates can kind of stay pretty stable, you know. Uh, maybe something to look for from contractor space as, you know, people keep talking about recessionary forces and economy may be going the other way. Uh, that tends to maybe, you know, trickle workers' comp costs up a little bit sometimes. So, it, you know, you, you, we won't know until we get there, but ultimately that tends to be a little bit of a factor. So uh, beyond that, a lot of other coverages, I'd say, tend to be pretty stable. You know, there's some property coverages that uh, maybe are getting impacted a little bit by, uh, you know, catastrophic uh, impacts out there. Uh, but uh, those don't tend to be nearly the, the cost driver that your commercial auto uh, coverage is. So, so to me, pretty much as a layperson, the auto or the the insurance market overall kind of thrives on certainty. And so, when when I hear you talk about it, when there are the factors involved that bring up levels of uncertainty, the the market definitely adjusts. Is that how you see it? Yeah, definitely adjusts for sure. I mean, the other thing you got to think about just from a, you know, again, fundamental standpoint is, uh, you know, we price our business and the, the insurance market in whole uh, for risk in the future uh, and mm-hmm. um, in, set, in settlements that happen five to six years down the road in some cases, right? So it's not like uh, we're selling a widget that we know know our finished cost uh, and marketing costs, for, you know, right up front. Uh, right. It's kind of this cost that, the, you know, that adjusts over time. And, and so when you have that, uh, that potential exposure. And then you go back and look at, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, I mentioned 12 consecutive years. It's not like, you know, we just say, oh, oh we'll just keep losing money. We go back and look at it as an industry and kind of say, hey, uh, wow, I guess we did miss. You know, every time you retrospectively look back at it, you know, those losses maybe mounted a little bit further than you thought maybe they were where they were. So, um, I, you know, I, I do think, I mean, just to 
shine a little bit of positive light. I do think we're getting to a little bit more stability and, you know, if I'm forecasting out a little bit, um, you know, I've said that probably before though, to, to be honest with you. So, you know, that's where my hope is though, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, that we see a little bit more stability in that space because frankly, uh, you know, we, we know our customer base needs it, right? At the end of the day, you need to have right. some stability in that, in that pricing, uh, especially in the school bus. Yeah, because, you know, our, our folks, uh, you know, to your point about, you know, somewhat predicting the future in settlements, Occurring, you know, five years, you know, down the road, you know, our school bus contractors have contracts that are, you know, based out over certainty of what um, their costs are going to be. So to, to the extent that they can, you know, level out and be somewhat uh, predictable. And I understand you're looking for a needle in, in the haystack, you know, on that. It's just one thing that, um, you know, drives uh the the cost and how folks will respond to RFPs you know down the line insurance i'm sure is a very 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 big line item for you know for everyone so yeah i i think what you're saying makes you know makes a lot of sense um you know and also when we talk about you know this and the the cost of insurance risk management you know always comes up um and and you know in your mind James what are some of the things that folks if they're not doing it, you know, now should really start immediately, you know, in terms of, you know, managing their risk as an operator. Yeah. So I think fundamentally, uh, you know, risk management starts with just finding your problems, right? Like uh, finding where your accidents are happening. It, you know, it sounds super simple, right? But let's, let's reverse engineer, find root cause for what is driving our accidents. Because ultimately your accident record is going to be a big part of, what helps drive and formulate a price from an insurance carrier standpoint. They're going to look at, you know, not only how many you've had, but how severe they've been, uh, you know, what that trend looks like over, you know, different years. So looking at your accidents and, and claims, um, reverse engineering, what accidents have had, you know, have happened. How can we prevent that going forward? Uh, you know, it, it's certainly, uh, you know, one of the best things you can kind of do from a, a risk management standpoint. You know, when you kind of get into some of this idea of, well, how else can we mitigate costs? I think uh, once right. you start to really understand that as a, a contractor, I think you can, um, you know, you can also look at your risk appetite. Uh, you know, what what risk are you uh, taking on today versus, uh, you know, trading, you know, a dollar premium for uh, covered? And uh, in, in essence, you know, there are some risks that maybe make sense to. Uh, you know, take on your own, maybe increasing your, your, you know, physical damage deductibles or something like that. Maybe makes sense. Right. If you're a larger, mm-hmm. uh, much larger fleet, maybe, uh, taking on, you know, a liability deductible or increasing that liability deductible maybe makes sense from, uh, from your perspective. So, uh, a lot of things kind of go into it. You know, we could probably spend, you know, several, uh, several podcasts on, on, on <laughs> all of the, uh, the risk management ideas uh, that, that go right. into it. But, but ultimately I, I try to break it down the simplest. Uh, the simplest way to, uh, to to look at it, which is you know, um, look at what's what's driving things at the end of the day. So. Right. So take a look at the game film, everyone. It's it's gonna it's gonna help you out. The, the other thing, and I go go a little bit off script here, James, is driver shortage and you know this kind of balance that operators you know have to find in terms of you know, you know providing service for a specific number of routes. Um, but then also in this climate where it's very difficult to to get you know qualified and licensed you know drivers you know for these routes, 
Have you seen that specifically the driver shortage at play in, you know, in the market? Yeah, what I would say is um, from an analysis point, drivers, newer drivers tend to cause more accidents. It's just a fact of life. You know, you know they don't have tenure on the route. They maybe they don't, they don't know your, your equipment well, you know, whatever it may be. Right. So uh, that is just a, a, a stat that is tried and true uh, when it comes down to it. And when you're, we're, we're looking at that bigger math problem, it's kind of like, yeah, that's going to have some some inflationary pressure, uh, it, you know, on, on on losses, which is going to drive some pricing, right? So um, I think, you know, you know, looking at it on the other side, you know, the coin is is okay. Now as a contractor, you know, you're going to have a you know a newer newer tenured uh, uh, you, you know a driver pool. What can you do from a continuous training standpoint? Uh, you know, what can you do from your driver? Uh, just your driver management, uh, you know, day to day, you know, maybe you're, you know, having, you know, many coaching sessions, you know, a couple times a year, maybe that needs to be uh, moved up for, for newer drivers. Maybe that needs to be, you know, weekly versus monthly, you know, whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it really comes down to, you know, uh, that's a stat that almost always seems to be true uh, in, in my experience. And, um, you know, if you can try to throw some different uh, additional countermeasures at it, you can you can kind of try to address the risk side of that uh, that problem because it is a, it's a complex problem for our customers. I get it. At the end of the day, they they need to run the route, and um, it, you know the insurance the risk profile isn't always something they think about right away when they're making maybe that hire or putting that person behind the seat. But over time, they need to figure out how to to to, to, to either improve that driver if he's poor, you know, to to improve your overall risk profile or you know, worst case is, is, is to, to get them out of your uh, driver pool. Right, exactly. Now, um, you know, we're talking about implementing a strategy there in terms of uh, drivers, and in fact, new drivers. Are there other strategies that, you know, you can advise folks on that um, would assist their insurance buying? Yeah, so I would say uh, when it comes to insurance buying, the number one item, uh, I think, uh, is what does your resume look like? And your resume really starts with your insurance submission at the end of the day. So make sure you're working with a um, uh, somebody that's very uh, knowledgeable in the school bus or the transportation space uh, from an insurance perspective. And, uh, you know, that person will know the market, you know, they'll know what states, you know, have different availability, all that good stuff. Um, but, Pick a professional that uh, you know uh, knows the space. Uh, that's certainly uh, important. And then when you start looking at the insurance permission piece of it, again, it's a resume. It gets you in the door. Uh, it gets interest from an underwriting uh, an underwriter at the end of the day. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it isn't the end all be all, right? So a lot of things build up to that resume at the end of the day, right? Uh, and, and so. Um, I always kind of say, you know, your insurance submission, you know, or your risk profile is kind of this uh, cumulative uh, effort of preventative, uh, pre- preventative um, actions over a-, a long period of time to, to make your operation look like a better than average uh, risk at the end of that. All right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, James. A lot of great information um, about uh, not only. Um, you know, risk management strategies, but also insurance buying. If folks want to learn more about National Interstate, where can they go for that information? 
Yeah, so the first plug I'll put out there is uh, the NSTA vendor directory, right? That's always the first place I think you tell people to go, right? So yellbus.org. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we're on the <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on the we're on the vendor directory there. You can find our website, phone number, contact information like that. Uh, you can always, uh, if listeners are are looking for a quote, uh, you know, or like to work with National Interstate, uh, their insurance broker or agent uh, can often get them a quote, or their insurance broker or agent can reach out to us. Uh, and then ultimately. Uh, you know, the last place I tell people to go is to our, our newly relaunched website uh, at NACL.com, www.NACL.com. Uh, just just relaunched that with new branding. It looks super, super sharp, sharp and slick and I uh, can find all the information they need on there. Great. Uh, once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, James Davis, product manager, director, passenger transportation over at National Interstate. James, always a lot of great information on these podcasts. Um, thanks so much. And, you know, we'll have you back on down the line and, and talk about some of these same issues and trends. All right. Thanks for having me, Kurt.